Andiamo. All right. Listeners, welcome to episode number 171 of the Turin Giants podcast. I am the host who loves you second most after Farhad. It is Sam Adamo. I am of the Cultural Podcast. You can get at me on Twitter, on Instagram, on all platforms at Cultural Podcast. And you can get at us on all platforms at Turin Giants, especially or part- except for, I should say, on Twitter, but especially do get at us on Twitter where, where we are, uh, one of the platforms where we are most active, where we can still be found at the OG handle at Juve Podcast. We are also at Tour and Giants Podcast on uh, Twitter for the apparel line, which we encourage you to check out. Farhad's got some beautiful merch lined up for you guys. He's got some Weston McKenney stickers uh, up live, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So do check that out. Especially, listen. If if we qualify for Champions League, man, and you're all and you're all in a good mood, just go, just go smash the Turin Giants apparel line right now. Just 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 cop some stuff before, before uh, before the goodwill takes over and before it all sells out. So yeah, do get at us everywhere. I'm joined by the handsome and powerful Matt Cocoluto at Matt Coco on Twitter with two C's. Coco, how are you? I'm good, man. Good to be back. Good to you know. I'm loving the back to back, just you and I riding together. So let's, uh, it'll be good. But no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. That you was a great me. intro. You and me, baby. We, we got, we got, uh, we got a lot to talk about. What a hell of a weekend that was. We're recording this podcast on the evening of May 17th on the Monday this week, this faithful, this faithful Coppa Italia week as the final match week of Serie A approaches. And, uh, man, man, what a climax. It's, uh, it's uh, poised to be, but you know, I, I am excited to be doing this with you. We were, uh, we were, uh, we were meant to kind of get this out last night, but had some little, had some little miscommunication on our end. Uh, yeah. old, old, man, old man, old man Giovanni was manning his Giardino and he passed out at 7 PM. And, you know, uh, we the tomato were... plants take priority. If you, if you don't have your tomato plants set, they, then he's not going to have a good harvest this year. And how do you make a sauce? So He's got a serious <laughs> garden too. I don't know, man. You need a lot of tomatoes for uh no, you for, 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 for a conserva. I don't know if you could do that in, in a few little I mean they were big, they were big gardening boxes based on <laughs> at least at least to my eye, based on what he based on what he showed us. It could he he could have he could have had a bunch more gardening boxes spread out throughout his yard, but the pictures that he showed us appeared to be a little bit more modest. But yeah, still a heavy task nonetheless, you know, on your knees all day. I guess he was a little um yeah, he was a little he was a little tired. He probably he probably cracked open some vino and he passed out. Old man Giovanni, the legend, the legend of Nonno Giovanni lives on, which is actually the name of my grandfather, Nonno Giovanni. Oh, really? You know Nonno Giovanni? Well, he's he's Giovanni. So yeah, I've you call him, him Nonno. As, so I've heard him as Nonno Giovanni. Yeah. So both my grandfathers are actually Giovanni. So really? Yeah. Um, so so it'd be a little weird for me to call. I, I call I call Joe of this pod Tio Giovanni, but <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. In any yeah. case. So he passed out at seven o'clock. We were frantically trying to get him on, and because um, weeknights don't tend to work for him, so seven. So our the time we had agreed the pod rolls around. It's a little bit late as is. We're trying to get a hold of him. Farhad can't get on. He's got kids sleeping at home. And uh, Matt, you said you had a bit of a tough weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so you, was, you, you you were snoozing like that little delay of 20, 30 minutes before we got started. That that did you in. That did me in exactly. Nine fifty rolled around, and I was like, "Yep, I am falling asleep on the couch." Uh, had a had a weekend for myself with celebrating a friend's birthday. So, yeah, 
And uh, fortunately, Juve winning on on Saturday did not ruin my weekend because it was it was it was looking like I was going to be in a real bad place, and we won. And so I was in a really happy place, which also probably contributed to why I was so tired on Sunday. We'll get to that. When was the last time we had a game that we just killed and just won clean easily? I know we talked the other day about. I was listening back to the pod from the other day at episode 170 when we talked about how it was a great game against Sassuolo. It really wasn't. It was a good result, but I mean, yeah, it, was, it wasn't. It was, we actually conceded. It was moments of goodness, but it wasn't an overall good game. I think it was like when we beat Palma. But that was like, was that the, uh, I can pull up the scores right now, but. When the hell was we, that? That was, I think we had like one good game in like the last two months. It was like one of the few times that we actually beat a, a relegation-bound side this season. Yeah, and didn't struggle against really. them. But who didn't beat Palmer this year is the real question. So, listen, listen. We so so we're we're recording this on the back of, I think maybe we 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 can qualify it as a certifiably insane game between the drunkest game and, ever. My girlfriend made me laugh the other day. She said, and of course, you know everyone, everyone on on cultural Twitter, everyone who follows football, not just on Twitter, everyone who follows football in any, in any, uh, in any capacity, Italian football, that is, was going off on the idea that of course, uh, Andrea Agnelli pulled all stops. I saw a really funny tweet, um, where Agnelli said to Paratici, call everyone. Paratici goes, everyone. And Agnelli says, everyone. <laughs> That's uh, like Leon the Professional. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. You've seen that movie. Yeah. Before, before my time. Um, but no, that, that, the, of course that got everybody going, the, the Juve, the anti-Juve bias or whatever, the pro-Juve bias from the ref or the, it's the fixes in Oh Yeah. It was all, it was, a uh, it was all coming out after that match, which I mean, I don't think I've ever gotten more likes on t- my tweets from non-Juve fans just by saying that this game is insane, that this game is drunk. This ref is crazy, and all the likes were coming from like Milan fans and other other teams. Supporters. I was like, yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy game. It was it was insane. You never want to know a ref's name when at the end of their game, you you hear people in the media coming out saying Calvarese had a blinder. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's never good. You never want to hear the ref's name Rizzoli. Who's that other one? Maresca. There was that guy who Donnarumma went at a few weeks ago when he sent off Zlatan and Donnarumma yep. across the pitch was saying, sempre tu, sempre tu, Maresca, always you. Why always yeah. you? You never want to know a ref's name after the game. But alas, no, my, my girlfriend made me laugh. What I was going to say before was at the end of the game, she said, holy shit, because we weren't watching it together. She said, holy crap, I watched that. That was insane. It was like his wife told him to let Juve win and his mistress told him to let Inter win. <laughs> and... That's great. I tweeted it. I tweeted it out. I thought the tweet would get a lot more interaction, but that's one of those. I don't think I saw that one. That's funny. I don't know. In the afternoon, that's one of those ones that either slaps and goes and gets like a few hundred or thousand likes, or just you know, it just just falls flat on its face. But I mean, it did feel like that at times. Let's recap the game because that's why we are doing this podcast, and then I guess we'll get into some scenarios uh, of what is. Uh, of what is possible and what is required. We'll, we'll, I guess, we'll talk about all the, the scenarios that Agnelli has already paid for. So let's we'll get we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. right. Of course, that's, that's of what course. everybody. Wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then of course we've got the Coppa Italia coming up. So by the time you're listening to this pod, it'll probably be Tuesday uh, this week, or or might even be the day of the Coppa Italia. The Coppa Italia might have even happened if you wait a couple of days until you listen to the pod. But we'll preview our big cup final against Atalanta in midweek and Atalanta is a team who uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of in the next few days. 
for mm-hmm. a number of reasons due to the externalities involved with us potentially qualifying for the Champions League. But look, um, and I, I got to say, the fact that it's got to this point, totally are doing. The fact that we're going into the last game now, looking to get in on the outside, looking in without our fate in our own hands, or not at least fully, you know, that, that's problematic. And of course, you know, you beat Milan a week ago. You don't lose to them 3-0. It's a different, it's a different situation, definitely. Uh, but yeah, we lost a bunch of games that we should. I, I mean, we've so. talked about this so many times where it's just that all those little games, all the points dropped. And even lose, like you said, even losing three nothing to Milan means we don't have the tiebreaker with them. So, you know, if a scenario played out that we drew against Bologna and they lost to Atalanta, we'd still go out. And it's just like every scenario that we can think of, it's it's all our fault because we just there were so many games. There's so many games. And looking at the schedule, there's so many games that were just wow. I can't believe we drew or we lost. Oh, I can't believe we did that. Like just. But yeah, I mean, hey, listen, we beat Inter when we needed to. So that there's that. Let's get into that. What a crazy game, man. We beat them 3-2. Um, and it was it was back and forth in terms of in terms of calls, really, because pretty much every big action in the game was down to was down to a refereeing decision, I think you could say. We got we we got a first penalty, which Cristiano duly converted after Chiellini. Uh, actually, he didn't duly convert the penalty. I apologize. Right. He, missed, he missed the penalty and followed up on the rebound. Almost gave me a never Juventino across the world a heart attack. But this was, of course, after Chiellini was taken down in the box by, was it Lukaku? No, um, it was. No, um, it was Darmian. Excuse me. Yeah, Darmian. Darmian. Darmian had the hand, the arm around him. It's called a spade a spade. If that gets called against you pre-VAR, you lose your mind. To- yes. You totally do. The goalposts have been shifted now at VAR because... You know, when you look at something slowed down, when you look at something on video, it doesn't look the same as it does in real time. Now, when you're Calvarez, the ref, you have someone in your ear who's saying, you know, I think you might want to go have a look at that. Normally, the referee would never have his own judgment, you know, cast in, in he would never, he would never, he would never doubt his own, he would never, he would never cast out over his judgment. But now you have an angel and devil kind of whispering on your shoulder, on either shoulder saying, hey, you know, that was good, right? I think you made the right call. But then you have, you know, you have the devil saying, hey, no, or maybe it's the angel. I don't know. I guess the angel, <laughs> if, it's, if it's the correct call, I guess it's the angel who's saying, hey, listen, I think yeah, you, you got to look at it. Yeah, exactly. But um, it, yeah, it is. It's, it's exactly what you said. It's pre-VAR, you know, you're, you're really angry about that getting called. And, you know, we're getting to, we, we always talk about like the VAR situation is, it can be a net good, but in situations like this where the letter of the law, okay, yeah, he has his arm around him. And, we'll, you know, the same thing with the lick later on. It's like, it's just on the, those Martinez, fouls, on the Martinez call. Yeah. Those fouls just were never called before. And they, it's, it's one of those things where like the, the, the tussling in the box happens so often. And, you know, if you want to make the call, like you're going to make the call every time. No, it's just, and I guess in this one, you could say, yeah, it's a little more clear that his arm is across his waist. But I mean, hey, it, it obviously benefited us, this one call. But well, yeah, it, came, it came right back the other way, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. then, because then because because Matthias Delict accidentally stepped on stepped on Lautaro Martinez's heel or he stepped on his shoe. 
<laughs> and the guy went down after a few seconds. I, I don't know. It's one of those things that, again, would have never been called. But when you look at it in slow motion, yeah, I guess when you cause con- – I mean, it's, it's contact in the box technically, even if it's behind the play. I mean, it's contact in the box, and as a result, it gets called. It's one of those weird ones that – Really wound up canceling out the one at the other end of the pitch. You probably could have argued that on the Chiellini play, there was a bit more of a case to be made. But again, contact is contact. And that's where it, begins, that's where it gets a little bit strange. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't actually want to talk about VAR because it's boring as hell. Yeah. I hate talking about it. I'd rather talk about the things that led to those things happening. And that is the Chiellini, first of all. I mean, he, he was all over the place in this game, man. I don't know if, I don't know if you got the same impression, but he's... He is really making me nervous now, and I didn't used to get that impression from him, but he feels frantic. He feels like he's scrambling a lot of the time. There was that goal laid on. There was that goal laid on that stood for Inter to go up to, no, to draw, to draw with yep. us 2-2, to draw them level. And Chiellini really got eaten for lunch. He kind of, he kind of allowed Lukaku... The plays, the plays actually kind of faded in my memory now. Perhaps you could help so, me out. Yeah, so he, he, Lukaku and him were tussling, and he, he tried to argue that he got fouled, and then on the VAR, it looked almost like worse that he was pulling on Lukaku's shirt, and he got like pushed into the ball, so it was an OG, but it was really just Lukaku was bigger and stronger, and it, you the never, VAR, you would never do that if you had a chance to win the ball. Yeah, and that was the thing. And like the VAR made it look even worse because instead of Keelini arguing that he got fouled, it was like, wait, you were the one pulling on Lukaku's shirt and you happen to fall over and land on the ball and it goes in. And so it's almost worse than it went to VAR because it could have just kept it. And I mean, yeah, it, it, Keelini, the last few games, as much as we all love him, it just hasn't looked, he's looked his age. And yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't. It was frantic. It was like you said. He just he looks out of place at times where you just would never have seen that before. He's asking for calls a lot. Yeah, he's Sometimes, always had a part of his game, but I I know I know, but I, I I find I find it's a little less controlled now. I know Sergio Ramos is a guy who invites contact a lot. Um, I know he doesn't play for Juve, but he's a guy who I've noticed oftentimes will invite contact, have contact, be initiated by the forward pressing him and he'll get a, you know, he'll get a call ball will be remember, played dead. And do you remember uh quadrado getting the red card against him in the Champions course, League? Like, of course. Was, I was cursing I, him to the moon. I was cursing him to the moon. Of that course. Was the most despicable thing ever, but it's like classic Ramos where he's just the villain on that. He's in he, control. He yeah. hasn't felt like Yellini is all the time. It's certainly not recently. It's certainly not in that game. I always think back to that one game against Man City in 2015, in the 2015-16 Champions League campaign. I don't know if you recall. It was the game that Morata scored that winner late on and slid on his knees with Pogba, with Pogba Cuadrado and Dybala in the black and gold. Yep, shirt. yep. That, yeah. that, was the, that was the group stage game at Man City. Yeah. I was, well, I was at the one in Juve. Really? Yeah, that was, that's the only the game. The one I've in been, Torino. Yeah, when Manzukic scored one nothing win, I was that was that was at that game. That's the only game I've wow. gone to in person. Whoa! That's yeah, insane. that was that was a dream come true scenario. That was that was like one of the best days of my life. Is that I the went, one? By, went by myself and everything was great. Is that the one that your uh, profile pictures derived from? Yes, on Twitter. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, no, the Twitter one is actually when they came to play in Gillette Stadium, uh, uh, Dodger Stadium. Okay. Yeah. And you're back when you were in LA. Well, yeah. any in any event, 
that game, I remember Vincent Company scored a goal that probably would have been ruled out if VAR were in place at the time. And Chiellini, Chiellini basically got eaten for lunch, but I mean, there was he 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 had a pretty good claim on why the goal should have been called back. Company basically jumped on his back, had his arms over him like a gorilla, and Chiellini just went down when the contact was initiated. I don't know. I wouldn't even say it was a shithousery thing. It was just him actually going down genuinely and being furious that the play was called back. That was like one of the things that kind of flashed to my mind when I saw that Lukaku call, which looked for a second like it was going to get called back, if you recall. Did, yes. Which, which you know, God forbid that would have happened. Every, when they every, went to every, the VAR, Every, like, every Calcio fan. Yeah, exactly. Every Calcio fan would have absolutely lost their mind. Everyone not supporting you a bit. But it has to be said, it was, it was, it was, a, little bit, it was a little bit troubling. It felt like... Felt like he was a little bit all over the place for me in that match. Anyway, that was one of the impressions I took away from the game. And honestly, the specifics of the game, I haven't watched the highlights. I haven't rewatched the highlights. It's all kind of a blur to me now. But I remember one of the impressions that I had that I told myself I had to bring up on the pod was Kilini just looks all over the place and he looks, he, he looks difficult to trust at times, which you hate to say. Yeah, I mean, but we talked about it earlier in the season too that between injuries and just the the few times he has been healthy. He's just not the same player he used to be. No. That's, that's, he's also that's, 37 years old, right? Yeah, he's, he's old. So it's, it's fair say. that, especially, you know, when, you, when you've had injuries and you're old, you lose a step, obviously. That's nature. And you're asking him to cover Lukaku, and who's <laughs> phenomenal, who's one of the best strikers in the world right now. So he's going to look a little frantic and a little out of place. And it's, the sad thing is because we're all so used to Chiellini being so good in those key matchups where – it's the big, strong striker that he's always been the best against. But, I mean, it's just time has come. Yeah, and, and of course, it, none of this matters because we got, we got a little bit of a lucky, a lucky break, I guess, the other way when Juan Cuadrado, who, by the way, he put everything into that first goal that he that scored. That shot. Go up 2-1. Was. You could hear that thing from here hit the back of the net. That thing was a bullet. I mean, he got the good deflection. But the reason put it, it that. put it on the that reason, man. yeah, the reason it went in was because how hard he hit that thing right on target. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful goal that had me going, getting out of my seat. Like that had me fist pumping. But more than I have for a while, more than I have for a very long time. And Handanovic had no chance. A bunch of Idiristi came out saying, "What a joke!" Came right at his palms. They don't know what they're talking about. That, a ball, it, a ball, a ball that's moving in the air when you're committed, even just mentally, you take a little step one way and it's going the other way. You don't have time to react. And it was a lot coming at such speed and knuckling like that, like no chance. And, and I, I actually think Handanovic is one of the better, one of the most underrated keepers in the world. Um, I think he does a great, especially positioning wise. Even, I think even he, now. Um, I think he still has. I think he positioning wise, he reads the ball really well. So he might not always have to make really flashy saves because I think he gets himself into a good position. That's what a goal. Make, that's what a good goalkeeper. And that's why. And that's why I don't think he gets the attention he deserves because it's like, oh, he saved. But like he just reads it well. But yeah, I mean that. There's no one. No one's stopping that shot. Like, like that thing was a bullet. It was crazy. For sure. Now, Juan Cuadrado has had a very good season on paper. Um, Giovanni actually said he's the best right back in the world in our chat, which I think is bonkers i think it's absolutely preposterous because i don't that's a bit feel, of a take but <laughs> i don't i don't feel he has a defensive responsibility to to be in that category now here's the thing i got something to say about this i think re-signing him is a stupid move he's 33 years old apparently we're going to extend him now um father time will catch up to him eventually it just will but what do you do right you're his agent you say look at this guy look at the numbers he's put up look at the terrible season you guys have had and look at look at him he's one of the bright spots in this team yet i feel like on so many occasions 
he, he, he's so, he's so unidimensional, the creative, but I don't know. Sometimes he'll still burn guys. And I guess that's, that's the kind thing of what's, what's impressed me this season with him more than anything, really, I think is that he's always been a good crosser or he's, he's always, he's always, you know, you can be a good crosser still even getting older. His ability to still get by defenders is what's kind of shocked me. Cause I thought that it would, I don't think he's had as great of seasons as this one. I think last year he wasn't as good getting by defenders as he was this year. And that's kind of surprised me. Yeah. I, to say I he's the best right back in the world is a little ridiculous, but I like, wish Giovanni was on. Yeah. yeah. To defend but I, I'm, you know, there's nothing I can say bad about Quadrado for this season. He's been amazing. And it, just his career at Juve, I think he's always been kind of underrated. Um, Bar had changed the name of the podcast to, to the, one Quadrado podcast. And I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for it too. I'm, because I'm, I, you, you can't, <laughs> he's done it everything right this season. I know, but listen, there's another thing we got to talk about, man. And that's Rodrigo Bentancur not having a great game again. And apparently there are rumors that he might be going to Atletico Madrid this point i recently said that for me he was untouchable on um on gijos uves live with uh, bonyani a few weeks ago with you and giovanni and farhad i i think i might have to retract that statement i'd see him go at this point now i think he's still redeemable but i don't see why you wouldn't cash in on him if someone's willing to pay for him i don't know maybe it'd be maybe a good start or maybe a fresh start would be good for him again i could see him doing well under a new manager in a new system but he was a bit unlucky. Let's be clear. He was a bit unlucky to get yes. sent off. But it's kind of indicative of it's almost poetic, right? It's almost a metaphor for the type of season he's had. Poor guy got a yellow card for something that might have been borderline a foul, getting sent off in the second half um, yeah. with a lot to play. That that was the thing. I mean, this was just another bad game from Pentancourt. I mean, he's had she's had so many of them this season. It's almost hard to keep track. the The second yellow was was I think ridiculous. I think they I were they, they were both fighting for the ball. Yes, there is a foul that like he he hit him. Like he, shoulder to shoulder. It was arguably but, a shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, and that's the thing. It wasn't like he came maliciously from behind. The, the fact that he was so the ref was so quick to give a yellow on that, it just it just speaks volumes to how little the ref had control the ref had of the game and just how insane it was. And then it also is like if you're talking the people who were like, oh, Juve paid for the win. Like Come on, Kerr got the red card so early, the 36 minutes or something. No, it was it wasn't that early. It was 56 minutes. What was? It was it was it was with a lot to play in the second half. Yeah, it was around that time I think. And it, again, it was it was a bonkers game, one that we used to see a lot more of before VAR. But you know, we still do see it sometimes. But VAR usually just plays a part now. So I, I feel this is something that might have happened a little bit more in the past. But if it did, if and when it did, um, however more frequent it might have been, I think you would always get a bit of that. You know, pro you, uh, you would get a lot of that anti Juven narrative for sure. Um, because everyone's against us, man. I mean, let's be clear everyone wants us yeah. to go down, everyone doesn't want us to succeed. So, when we get when we win a game that is a ball burner, um, to people who want to see us lose, not just because they hate us, but because it actually is to the benefit of their team for us to lose, mm-hmm. then the pitchforks are going to come out normal, right? But at least now, at least now, the idea is that there's kind of a neutral third-party system in VAR to mitigate the idea that we we paid for favorable calls, which is, let's be clear, never happened. That can no. be proven. But, uh, you know, is it, is, it, is it naive to say it never happened ever? It might have happened. I don't think it would only, I don't think it would have only been us who did it. I think anyone with any pull in the game might have tried. I mean, Calciopoli, Calciopoli is a whole different animal, which most people will point to when you talk about match fixing within the game. That's a whole different kind of beast that we won't get into now, but I believe that on a micro level, it's possible that it's possible that, that, that it's happened before. I mean, 
ironically, in Cal- within Calciopoli, if you actually look at some of the tapes that were not <laughs> that were not looked at at all in the whole case, there, there were interdirect there were interdirectors who very explicitly or very implicitly, I should say, they didn't explicitly say anything, but they said everything with their with their with the cadence of their voice and with the tone and with some of the language, right? Um, you know. This, this we we know that this guy's a smart man and he'll you know he'll uh he'll do the right thing yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it's been it's a suggest it's never been done before it's been implied before and if that's just in a few tapes that that we have available to us i'm sure it's been done before but let's not go out and say it's an endemic thing that's still no uh, yeah this, come on. And especially this season like are you kidding me how bad we've been <laughs> what are we paying yeah. for that? <laughs> not paying enough apparently paying, paying the wrong paying the wrong people for yeah God's exactly sake. so no, I just I, the the Benton core, but going back to like the what got us on this to get it that that yellow card. Back to that, ridiculous. But yeah, I I was one early on too that said, you know, I want to keep Benton core because we've seen what he can do when he's good. He's still very young, but now it's it's getting to the point where I wouldn't be opposed to just letting him go for you know. I'm get indifferent. The, get I'm the money because he's looked so bad, and he, he's not even just one thing. It's like everything has, it's just looked bad. Like there's, there's not a lot of positives to be taken from his game. And he's always good for a yellow card, a game. And then this game, unfortunately, he got that second one, which was kind of stupid. He's mentally shot now. So I think what you have to do is, I mean, put him out of his misery at a certain point. If the offer comes, I'm indifferent. If not, I think he's redeemable. I do. But I think it's not, it's not like it's an, irrevocable thing that we you know getting rid of him isn't isn't going to be the be all end all of whether or not we succeed anymore clearly because he does he he needs a change of scenery whether it's a different club or a different manager something isn't working something and you just saw you just saw i mean when he got sent off he wasn't he didn't even protest i mean he i think he realized that it was a bit of a silly call and that it was a soft one but you could just tell he kind of he but he he kind of just looked down and shook his head like oh god like and he just and he, and he and the walk of shame wasn't and again it wasn't it wasn't like uh, my god I I screwed up it was just a uh, this isn't going for me man this is, yeah this nothing's just, going my way and he like kind of man who's just sad he just is depressed and it's like this is how this is my season he's frustrated he's frustrated clearly clearly I mean wouldn't you be yes I mean right. he everybody was loving him just a season ago and now it's it just nothing seems to work right for him, which is is just terrible because it's not like I want him to fail. I don't I don't love watching one of our players not succeed. Yeah, but you know that was one of the first dominoes in a chain in a chain effect that that wound up that wound up um, that wound up I mean, being so on then display. Where after yeah, that, you're, we're basically just sitting on our you know we, he subs in McKenney takes off. Um, who did he take? Well, Kulusevsky. he took off Kulusevsky, but what I was going to say was the first of the dominoes to fall was Bentancur getting the red card. And the last domino to fall was Juan Cuadrado taking the penalty because, of course, the change of system meant that Ronaldo being the lone, the lone forward up top, the pressing forward, didn't make as much sense in people's mm-hmm. eyes. And I think in many people's eyes, in my eyes too, um, I don't think it made as much sense as putting on a number nine like, like Morata, who is a very relentless presser. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how many times have we ever seen Ronaldo come off? It barely ever happened. Oh, that's, that penalty. was what's shocking about it. It was the 70th minute too. We don't right. see that. But for, for again, for us to have gotten a penalty at the end of the game, first of all, you know, Cristiano's losing his mind on the bench, not being able to take it yes. and be the hero. But I'm I'm freaking out because I'm insecure now, man. If he's Same. not there to take the penalty, who's taking it? I was I'm I was thinking, worried. Who's who? Who the hell? Who who takes this? Who takes this? And we've seen Quadrado lining up over it. I mean, it felt like he took it so quickly before I had any time to process what was going on. 
And he when, took it no look. He took it no oh, look. That was that was but, oh, that was good. That was but, good. But man, in those few seconds when I realized it was him, before I really had again, luckily it didn't. He wasn't wait. He wasn't standing over the ball super long that I had time to go through. That I had time to see my life flash before my eyes. But I definitely, I definitely panicked when I saw it was him standing over the ball. Yep. But well, I couldn't I mean, get any coherent words out. I was like, "Quadrado, goal!" Oh my God. When, when he got when he when they called the PK, my first thought was like, "Who's taking it?" I'm like, "Ronaldo's out." Dabal is not on. I'm like, who is our PK take at this time? Like, but it had to be Morata. It had to be Morata. And then when I saw Quadrado, I was like, I'm trying. I think I went through my mind. I was like, when has Quadrado ever taken a PK? Colombia, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Like, and then then he hit it perfectly. So and then I was just going crazy. I was like, oh my god. I mean, those those last four minutes were just were the longest four minutes of my life. It was an emotional <laughs> roller coaster though, man. Because again, Inter had just scored. And for us just to come back down and get that call. I mean, you, you right right there and then once Inter scored, first of all, you thought we're done. We're toast. Yep. It's over. Yep. Um, you also thought this game is getting out of hand. And then for us to have gotten the penalty, I was I was very happy, but I just thought to myself, I couldn't help but kind of just breathe and say, holy shit, this is getting out of hand. This is, I have no was, idea what's yeah, going on. It was bad at that point. It was, I mean, like, it was bad before, but even that PK, like that foul... Was it a call for you? Or was it the call for you? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I don't think that's a foul you you'd give, but it, it is what it is. Like Quadrado's not, very good at initiating. He, well, he, he's great. Then and we talk about he like his stepovers and the way he gets defenders to lunge is is a really good skill. Um but I I don't think he uh, was was it was, was Brozovic that fouled him? Uh, it was Perisic, I think. Perisic. Sorry, well, one, I can't get, one of the one of the other Balkans. I can't get the Baltics correct. Yeah, and then Balkans, Brozovic the eventually got the red card, which was the most, which was the only card that was actually deserving of a red because he straight up took out Quadrado from behind, um, in an f- act of pure frustration. That was the only red card that actually made sense. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, yeah, listen, listen, this is this is still. I know Andrea Pirlo's didn't have a great season. Let's be honest. I mean, it's been a very laborious year for us and for us to have not won the 10th title in a row. Very upsetting, but this is a guy who knocked Inter, the champions of Italy out of the Coppa Italia, beat them on a big day, albeit in very, in crazy circumstances. Um, and he ended Milan's and he ended their 20 game unbeaten run. And he ended Milan's 27 game unbeaten run back in January. We got a couple of good results. We did. The issue is that we weren't consistent enough when it came to some of the small dogs, and, um, you know, that, that's a big reason why we're in the predicament that we're in right now, man. But w- what a crazy, what a crazy, crazy match. There's nothing else to say, man. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not that confident going into the final match week now that we even beat Bologna. I think it has to be the bare minimum. But at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if all these scenarios that we keep painting in our mind of, you know, if Atalanta beat Milan or if Napoli draw or fail to win, it's all contingent on us winning a game, man. Yeah, which has not been a guarantee. Like, there's no guarantees with Juve this season, especially against lower-level opponents or mid-table opponents. Like, you just don't seem to get motivated for it. It takes them 80 minutes for them to get into a game, and then, you know, you're, you're chasing your tail at that point. It's, it's just... Yeah, I, I, the, all this depends on Juve first winning. Like, we can't talk scenarios unless Juve win, which we said it's not guaranteed. Now, if if they do win, which I hope they will, um, and I, I, I still think – I do think that they're in a little bit of a better place right now. The last – the Sassuolo game, while not great, had better moments. And this game had – well, crazy as it was, it's a win against the number one team, so it's it's motivating. Um, but yeah, the, the scenario going into the, this week is just insane. 
and it's all our own fault. It's funny is I I'm I'm seeing so many Milan fans on Twitter already like resigned to the fact that they they don't think they're gonna get to the Champions League spot because they don't believe they can beat Atalanta. If they if I, if they if they can't beat them and Juve win, it's We're in. it's yeah. over for Milan. It's over for Milan. That'll take us to seventy eight points and they'll be on seventy five or seventy six. You can make the case. Atalanta have a game in midweek. They yep. do. Atalanta are in. To the, they're in for sure. Mathematically, they're in now. They're sec- it's totally secure. It's not possible for Atalanta to not get in. They're 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 in. They're in in the Champions League in some capacity. They're at least getting in the top four. Um, so they're uh, they're they're really just going to focus totally on the Coppa Italia. Yeah, they're going all in so, on the Coppa. That's that's a trophy for them. Now, I I do think like the the idea of finishing second, um, is a is a motivator for them because they've never fin- I don't believe they've ever finished that high. I don't have. The, the history in front of me, but at the same time, if there's any player who's struggling with even a little bit of an injury, probably not playing or probably getting a rest to start at least. Um, whatever happens in the Copa, like coming off of that, if anyone's fatigued, probably not starting. Please. So like they, they there's, there's a lot of scenarios going into that game against Milan where they might not have to play their full squad and they probably won't. And, and I'm not saying that Atalanta won't take it seriously. Professionals, they are professionals, and they do want to win, and they want to finish second. But the, the, the fact is they don't need to, to put in their number one squad if, they don't, if the players aren't all ready for it. So that, and I'm not saying that, that if Milan wins, that's because of that. I mean, this is the scenario we got ourselves into, right? Like, we shouldn't be having to rely on other teams uh, to get results. But... Here we are. And I, I do think it's possible. I just I'm just seeing a lot of people seem like it's a it's almost a guarantee. And my mind is not there at all. Definitely. And I, I I'll 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 raise you this. I think a big part of whether or not Atalanta will be motivated to beat Milan is our own doing, right? Um part of it is in our own hands. There's a bit of an indirect link here because if we beat Atalanta, if we take the game to them, they'll want to finish the season on a high. They'll be really demoralized after having lost the Coppa and they'll want to probably rally and beat Milan in the final, in the final match. They probably will. Mind you, they'll probably be pissed at us, but I don't think they're going to want to throw the game just yeah. to spite us. You know what I mean? Gasperini, mind you, Gasperini, who the hell knows? I mean, I mean, I think he's a man of honor, but he, he's not going to go out and listen. He's not going to go out and tell his team to lose or to draw as Antonio Conte famously satirically said in that press conference where he yelled, Agiacciande quello che dicono, those, the accusations laid against him about, the match fixing at Siena when he said, what am I going to do? Do you really think that I would ever go into the dressing room and say, hey, boys, today let's take it easy. Today we'll draw. Today we'll draw. You know, I, let's be clear. Gasparini is not going to do that, but he does hate Juve. I mean, he does have it out for us. I would think. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he actually has a little bit of, you know, goodwill toward us because we gave him his start in management uh, at the youth team level. I think he managed the Primavera, the Primavera for a little while, but... You know, I think he's also a little bit spiteful about the fact that we never gave him that opportunity. I think, especially post Calciopoli, he thought the opportunity was going to come. It never did. Who knows? But let's be clear, man. If we if we don't beat Atalanta, if we fail to beat them, not only do they have a whole lot less to get up for in the final game, but they're probably going to be partying for two days. They're probably going to be partying for two days. Maybe that'll be good. Maybe that'll be good for them. Maybe they'll relax a little bit. I don't know. But I'm not convinced that them winning the Coppa Italia won't lead to very heavy celebrations. I mean, a trophy for Atalanta is huge. Yes. Absolutely huge. 
almost as big as getting into the Champions League, maybe even bigger than getting into the Champions League. The Coppa Italia is a very big trophy to 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 any to anyone, but especially to a team that isn't used to winning uh, Scudetti, right? It's the, it's the next best thing, right? So let's be clear: we have to beat them. We have to beat yeah. them because we need a trophy. We can't lose another cup final after we lost last year. Andrea Pirlo needs it. We also need the positive energy going into the final game. If we lose, it might be a momentum killer. If we win the game, all of a sudden, that's three big wins in a row. You know, basically two cup finals. The Inter game was kind of a cup final and then an actual cup final where we're awarded a trophy, mm-hmm. after which point we will not celebrate. We will not party, let's be clear, because there will be bigger things on our mind, clearly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just another reason why it's an, why it's an absolute must win for us. Um, so... It'll be interesting yeah. to see how the hell we do because Atalanta scored for fun and we do not score for fun. No, we don't. We, definitely we, don't. we score so painfully. It's it's hard to watch. What a crazy game for Atalanta the other day against Genoa. I don't know if you saw, they beat them 4-3. They were up 4-1 to one at one point and then yes. they two goals back into it. I mean, that was what secured them. Guaranteed mm-hmm. Champions League spots. Uh, guaranteed Champions League spot. But but what what a... What a... What a... What a... What, a, what an open flowing game that they play. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> First of all, I wasn't watching that game, but I was following along on my phone just to see if there was any chance. And I kept watching. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Like 4-3. I was like, oh, crap. There's actually a chance that that obviously didn't, didn't turn out that way. But, yeah, they are just they are the best. They are the most fun team to watch. They are – if you're a fan of them, like, it just must be so, so nice in a sense that they play attractive – and your expectations aren't to win the league, but at least yeah, this is this is a bonus. This is a bonus for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, M- Milan, Milan desperately need to get back into the Champions League. We need to desperately stay in the Champions League. And Napoli, Napoli, probably can actually be sustained whether they do or don't. But being in a position there, and they definitely want to. They've kind of gotten accustomed to it over the past couple of years, and it was definitely a goal of theirs going into the season. So the funny thing is, I mean, <laughs> dude. Milan, Napoli, and Juve are all not really confident going into the last weekend here. Yeah, At least Napoli and Milan could say they have their fate in their own hands. But as you were saying, most Milanisti are really worried about the game. They really are because they drew Cagliari yesterday. No, no. Mm-hmm. They could have iced it there and then. And they, it wasn't like, and they wasn't like they, you know, Cagliari popped the bus and really just like sat back. Like Milan didn't have like a great game. Like they didn't have a lot of opportunities to even score, which is problematic. <laughs> you know, if you're trying to go out and ice this. so I'll be watching that one very intently, man. I mean, yes, oh, yeah. we have to be Bologna, but I hope Atalanta fucking give it to Milan. I hope they give it to them, and I hope Pioli winds up getting the sack, and I hope it sends them back into... Back into... <laughs> to the banter era. Back, back into oblivion, just back into, back into uncertainty, back into a mess. We can't afford that. We need yeah. a baseline level of... Listen, I love my I love my friends who support Milan, but screw them, man. Oh no, no. I mean, I, I listen. I, have, I don't actually don't have a problem with Milan, like as far as fan bases go. It'd be not. great. It'd be great if they got into the Champions League. It'd be fucking great, but not at our expense. No, no, sir. exactly, not at our expense. I I, I would much rather us get in. <laughs> As, as obvious as it is. <laughs> yeah. So this could be Buffon's last game uh, for Juve now in the Copa on Wednesday. He'll almost certainly get the start. Chesney will almost certainly get the start against Bologna, barring any injury or something. Um, I hope Gigi can go out on top. Who else Who else gets into the side here for you? That's a great question because... Especially you want to win this game. Yeah. 
you want to win this game. You still have to have an eye on Sunday. Um, you, you don't, I don't think you play Chiellini because he didn't look great last week. And he's also just played last week. So, I mean, Delict is obviously starting because he's a beast and just is amazing. And <laughs> like, I love everything about him. Um, but like, who does, who do you play in the, in the back there with you? Do you give Demerol the, the start? He hasn't played much recently. He got a little bit of time. Probably bring Bonucci in. It is a final. I could see yeah. him. I could see him definitely assuming that role. Quadrado has to stay. He probably won't come out now till the end of the year. He's got enough good faith for the next two games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, man. I I think you might see a little rotation in the midfield. That's the one thing that I, I think would he'd suspect. start. McKenny. I think he gets the start on this. And I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if we wind up. I wouldn't be shocked if we wind up starting Paulo Dybala. Yep. Yep. I actually think it's going to be Ronaldo and Dybala up top. Um, Rabiot and McKenney, I think, will both be in there. So then the other question is, who do you play alongside them? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what formation we're going to go for at this point. I mean, let's assume we roll with that four-four-two and probably throw Chiesa and and Kulusevski onto the wings. I would suspect probably with Chiesa on the left, which winds up leading to that very confused. Yeah. Four two three one four four two hybrid that we've tended to see. I wouldn't hate to see Paulo Dybala be a pure number ten man. He drops back in so deep. I, I, we Ronaldo all, has to be a punto. I mean, there's no yeah. point having him drop out, dr- drift out left anymore. There's no point when he and does that's what he that. Wants to do, it's, yeah, it's his instinct, you know. But when he does that and he's ineffective, we always hear people say that he's invisible and he faded out and he faded out of a game where he's at his best now is clearly poaching. Clearly, 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 Cristiano needs to be in the fucking box. So that, that's what I'd like to see. I don't think that Pirlo is going to have this moment of lucidity now at the end of the year after beating Inter. I think we're just going to ride this out until until, uh, until the next podcast, man. Until the next freaking podcast. We're going to end up, we're going to watch, we're going to end up getting another Benton Corn because he can still play this one, right? I don't even know. I'm a joke. Is he, is he, is he, is he suspended for, from league players? He's suspended from, from, from all. Oh, that's a good question. Because no it, because it, 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 it is an, Ita- it is a, it is a, it is an Italian federated Competition. Yeah, I don't know. I, it might carry over. I could be totally wrong. I guess we'll we'll learn on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm we'll gonna be very. Fr- I'm gonna be very. We frank yeah, not, search it too, but yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna scramble to do that right now. That's it's one of the it's one of the one of the downsides of being a two man show. We can't have two guys talk while one goes off and does the research. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's an occupational hazard. Let's uh, listen. Let's hope for the best in this freaking game. Before we wrap, before we wrap, we don't have any listener questions this week. We didn't we didn't go and solicit them. We just wanted to kind of talk about the game that was and look forward to the match week uh coming up um little a little uh a little teaser we're hoping to get bonyani on the pod very soon uh, we have him tentatively agreed to for next week so again don't hold us to that but it would be great if we could have him on once the season wraps hopefully it'll be under happy circumstances i do have one thing i wanted to bring up with you matt before we wrap but uh what do you think of the whole managerial situation now if Pirlo wins the coppa and does somehow get in to the champions league do we keep him? I don't I don't think he stays. I think he's toast now. I really do. But it looks like Max Allegri, and again, this could just be a ploy. Um, it could be a bargaining tactic here in order to get us to up the you know, up the up the stakes a little bit or up up our offer. Um, it certainly ups the stakes. Excuse me. It could be a, a tactic get a tactic to get us to up our offer. But apparently he's very close to Real Madrid. It's being reported, it's being reported by Fabrizio Romano, so it's just, must have some legitimacy then. Like, correct. I mean, exactly. Fabrizio Romano is, is legitimate. Like he's 
He's not Moblana, right? He doesn't. He's not. No, it's not, it's not speculative. He's no. not. If he says the meeting happened, the meeting happened. Yeah. Now, so, did Allegri go into the meeting with genuine intentions, or did he go in saying, "I'm going to do this. I'll hear them out. It won't hurt me. Maybe I'll take it." It's fucking Real Madrid at the end of the day. Yeah. If Real and, Madrid's calling, you're taking the call at least. And, Fabri and Fabrizio Romano will pick it up, and the media will pick it up, and you know, Agnelli's going to read that, and maybe he'll. Fill up his offer. What do you make of things? What do you make of the whole managerial situation right now? Do we see a little swap? Does Zidane come back our way based on recent news? Yeah, I, I think, you know, if the question is going to be if, if, is what Zidane's wages demand, wage demands, because that's going to be a big issue for Juve if they can't pay it because of all the financial issues. <coughs> Excuse me. So I if, if Zidane is truly done at Madrid and Allegri is the one that's going to replace him, I, I think that... Zidane is the guy, right? Like he lo he still has a lot of affinity for Juve. He's talked about it before. The the one holdup will be the wages. I know some people say he's holding off for the year for the um, France the France gig. Uh, but I don't know. Like, not not a lot of young managers related <laughs> to international management. Um, I feel like that's something that every manager tends to dream about doing later in their career. I don't know. I'm not in Zizou's brain. Yeah. But uh, I could. Uh, I think. I think if if Allegri's going to Madrid, it's it's got to be Zidane. The other names being thrown around for Juve, I'm not. No, no one really gets gets me excited. Um, I've talked about how I I love Gasparini as a coach. I don't know if he'd be great for Juve just because of his system and some of the the ways that it gets implemented. It, it's really like all it has to be all in around Gasparini, and I don't know if we'd have the time to build up that team for him. The other team coaches like Inzaghi. It doesn't get me super excited. Not he's not a bad coach, but Simone, Simone Inzaghi. Yeah, Simone. Really I mean, he, it, it, let's be clear. It's it's probably between Allegri and Zidane if Pirlo is going <laughs> to leave. I can't see anyone else coming in at this point. There are rumors now again reported by Momblano, so take it with a grain of salt because he tends to kind of jump on anything that he hears that it's either true or not. But it's a little bit more speculative. You throw enough things at the wall, one will stick, right? Well, yeah, but that's his method. It works. Um there's nothing wrong with that, but he has claimed that apparently, and if, you know, if, if he's just trying to throw a wrench in, throw a wrench in the media's gears, or I, I don't know, maybe a little, maybe a little shithousery than brilliant stuff, but he's, he's reporting that apparently Antonio Conte is looking to leave Inter now, which is crazy. I mean, but we've seen, we've seen him do crazier things. We've yeah, seen I mean, with, with Conte, it's not that, project. it's not that insane because he just has this, you know, he's out before he gets the sack. Before he leaves, when he's on top, and I think it definitely, it definitely adds to the mystique of him a little bit as being this guy who only has success. He, he, yeah, he looks. You look at his record of winning leagues, and you're like, wow, this guy comes in and just wins like that. Yeah, he's he's unsackable, right? If you quit, and you can't be sacked. So, and not not that there's any reason why he would be sacked, but eventually, it's either one or the other. Someone has to decide when the relationship ends. It's very rarely mutual. I don't know, yeah. but uh, that'll be absolutely fantastic for us. But I, I, it would I be funny if 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 he if he left right away, like it won the league. I had him out by, and then you know, yeah. Imagine it was just it was just a move to spite to spite Agnelli. He did it, and it's 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 done. Job done. Okay, my my work here is over. Yeah, I mean it would it would be really something. I mean the the whole situation with Inter around their finances is even more interesting than, than any other team, I think, because allegedly, allegedly, that's the thing, allegedly. So it'll be, it'll be very, I mean, we're, we've talked about this off season is going to be just every day will be the, the buzzing, the, the, the rumors will be, will be going, you know, full force. So 
We'll see. But well, for, for the managerial position for Juve, I, I, if Allegri's going to Madrid, then I would love to have Zidane. For God's sake, let's get through the next week, and then, yes. uh, and then <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll worry about what comes next. I mean, once we know where we're where we're do, where we are next year, how many how many titles we'll have won this year, I think that'll that'll definitely that'll definitely be a little bit a little bit more of a, a little bit more of an aid in terms of allowing us to know what might come next. And you know, I have no doubt that we'll be speculating over that just as soon as the season does end. So let's stay tuned for that. Let's hold out hope. It's not over. It's going to be a very nerve-wracking week. It's going to be a very nerve-wracking week. I know it's been a very tough season, and it shouldn't have come to this. But alas, here we are. We can't change it now. And all we can do is hope for the best. So let's uh, let's remember. Let's remember the motto, Fino alla fine. It was true on the last weekend, and it's going to be true going into the final game now. Um, and let's, uh, let's, let's wait until the season concludes before passing explicit judgment on, on – what to do next. Totally. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that. We got two games left. Let's get some hardware and let's, uh, let's finish in the top four if we can. I'm Sam Adamo. I can be reached at cultural podcast on all platforms. I encourage you to check out my, my podcast as well. If you haven't had enough of me already uh, hosting the last couple of pods, he is Matt Cocoluto at Matt Coco with two C's on Twitter. Get at him. He's uh, he's identifiable by the picture of him at Dodger Stadium, uh, waving a flag and pumping his fist in the air. That's that's his profile. Picture. I actually think I cropped it. The, the other hand is holding a Dos Equis. Oh, okay. The the funny thing about that photo Stay is thirsty. That it was taken by Juve. They had like the fan gallery. They had like a gallery of photos of like their U.S. tour. And that's I was like awesome. scrolling through it, and I looked. And I was like, wait, that's me. Yeah, 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 out of here. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like a super professional photo of like from there like whatever team photographer who was taking shots i wondered ground. where that picture came from because it's it's a very good shot it looked it looked like it was a, again it looked like it was like a media shot or something for sure it's hilarious well uh yeah so at matt coco with two c's on twitter get at him you can get at us on all platforms at turin giants and on twitter at uv podcast check us out we are the longest running juventus podcast on earth Check out the apparel brand. It is at Turin Giants. Turin Giants, baby, is where it's at. Going into the final weekend, rock your shit. If you do own the brand, slap your stickers on your laptop, slap it on the back of your car, slap it anywhere. We need all the luck we can get going into the last week of the season here. And let's hope for the best, man. And as the saying goes, fino alla fine. Fino alla fine. What's that you, bitch?